This is Jack Donovan, author of The Way of Men, and you are listening to Start the World. All right, my guest today really needs no introduction. It's millions of men around the world who follow him on YouTube, who follow his lifting, who follow his spiritual advice, who go to his grounding camps, who've watched his speeches at the 21 convention. He is the man who wants to make men strong again. Mr. Elliot Hulse. Elliot, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on the show. You got it, Jack. Thank you, man. All right. So, you know, we started out uh, around the same time talking about a lot of the stuff. I saw that uh, I went on your website this morning. I was looking over things and said that you started uh, posting videos to YouTube in 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I started, I think my first book came out in 2007. And uh, we've both been writing and talking about masculinity for a long time. And uh, you started out lifting. And so I wanted to ask you, when did it become obvious to you from uh, lifting and, and posting your videos and so forth? When did it become obvious to you that helping men and help, helping make men strong again was an important part of your mission and put you in that direction? What did you see that was wrong and what did you want to fix? Well, of course, I started out helping men build muscle, get stronger, mostly athletes for football, baseball, you know, basketball, jump higher, run faster, just being overall more muscular, athletic beast. And uh, so I had a lot of young men that would come to my camps. We trained in the park. That's where we started. And then I had a little warehouse gym. And, you know, so I had humble beginnings, but I quickly began to realize and appreciate the fact that the young men would want to stick around after the workouts and ask me all kinds of questions about girlfriends, parents, school, career, work, all the, all the other things that are important to a man, right? And you know, I was there, they, I built up a level of trust with them because I was getting them good results in the gym. So I guess they just figured that, uh, that I could trust this man with other aspects of their life. And so the way that unfolded in my gym is the same way it sort of unfolded online. You know, I started making workout videos, mainly to get more clients into my gym. Little did I realize that, you know, millions of people would be watching it worldwide. It wasn't my intention to be a YouTube celebrity because back then that didn't exist. I just thought it was a cool thing. And, uh, and I would answer questions about lifting, but then the other questions started coming in. Questions about girls, about parents, about school, about all the other things. And apparently, uh, they enjoyed the kind of answers that I would give. And so that kind of just evolved, you know. So I, I kind of had like a two-pronged approach. It was help men get stronger and help men be stronger. Yeah, so you talk a lot about the, on your website about uh, you know there's there's you know physical weakness and physical strength, but uh, you know there's also metaphysical weakness and metaphysical strength. Yeah, and uh, how how would you define uh, metaphysical strength? As how do you, how do you help men make become better in that way? Well, it's the inner stuff, right? The mind, the heart, the soul, the things that are like the ghost in the machine. You know, it's cool to build a powerful machine, but what really keeps the machine going, really motivates the machine and uh, is its essence, you know, its why. And so when I talk about physical strength, it's very obvious, but when I talk about metaphysical strength, uh, like the word 
sort of points to, it's next to physical or it's in addition to physical, but it's also less tangible. And that's really where the root of our, our physical expression is, right? It's the, it's, the, it's the soil from which the mighty oak or the <laughs> puny bubblegum tree <laughs> comes, <laughs> comes up out of it, right? It's, yeah. Really depends on the soil, right? The mindset, the heart, the soul. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, what are some of the, the ways that you help build that with men? So, what's lacking more than anything in our world, particularly as it relates to men, are strong father figures, strong fathers, strong men, strong elders. Uh, Men to men that young men can at least trust with their concerns, their problems. Men that mirror young men, that understand young men, that are uh, willing to put themselves in their shoes and support them in becoming all that they hope and maybe that the world has convinced them that they could be but from a practical place, right? That's what practical patriarchy was all about. That's what the fathers did for the young men. And that's really, that's the big thing that's lacking right now. So if I have to recognize what I do uh, at, its, at, its, at its root, at its core, it's I'm a father figure. I'm a father to four children. I've been married 18 years, married my high school sweetheart. We've been together for 20, over 26 years. I had a strong father. I come from a strong family. My father was, is a patriarch, he's an alpha male leader. And I realized how much of a blessing that is. And I realized how rare it is. And I recognize how I can be that in, you know, the, the way that the internet allows for a lot of the young men that are, that are hung, father hungry. That's what Robert Bly says. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of guys who maybe did have that uh, father figure out there uh, who, you know, grew up in a very traditional environment or whatever. And they, they kind of hate on young men who haven't had that because they see how they behave and whatever. And they, and, and they don't realize that they didn't have that experience. Right. Like you have to meet when men where they are, not right. where it's like, well, he didn't grow up like me. So he, he he's an idiot, you know? And, and uh, you, I, I see a lot of guys uh, who were interested in my work who, you know, they, I always say they come from two camps. There's either the camp that, uh, you know, they're, you know, done military service. They've had all that. They've done all those things. Uh, they've done all the man stuff and they just look at my work and they're so like, Oh, you were right. right. That, yeah. That, that's That is correct. That is what I understand. And then you have dudes who are starting at like level zero, right. you know, like what? Oh, I, I should, I should be more like a man. All right. Well, how do I do that? You know? And right. so, and you know, it's important, I think to, to recognize that there's a need there. And I think that's what you do as well, you know, recognize that there's a need that these guys haven't had that kind of leadership and they haven't had some kind of father figure and they haven't had any guy who actually wants to make them stronger because the whole world right now is, is telling them uh, it's okay to be weaker, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The world is designed in such a way, I call it diabolical disorientation where up is down and down is up. Oh, yeah. Male is female and female is male. It, everything's so freaking confused that even if you grow up, like I gotta use myself as an example, but even if, though I grew up with a father and with a strong father, because 
I was conditioned by the media, the music, the schools. Um, I didn't, I not only didn't recognize the blessing of having a strong father, but I resented him. And so there's this push away, they call it toxic masculinity. There's this push away from traditional masculinity. My father grew up in the jungle. He knew nothing about uh, intersectional feminism. <laughs> right. He knows nothing about this garbage. All right. He uh, he grew up in the jungle. He he it was the law of the jungle, and he's the type of man that he had to be in order to literally survive. And so he didn't he he didn't deal with our bullshit complaints. He didn't he didn't honor our uh, our flimsy requests. He had his way of doing things, and that was it. And so I saw my friends, who now in retrospect I recognize, oh, they had weak dads. I saw my friends that could do whatever they want. They could say whatever they want. They could go wherever they want. They had very little boundaries. Um, and where that ultimately led, which is most of them live pretty degenerate lives at this point. So even which, like, so a strong, in a world where there are no strong men, when a strong man shows up, people don't know how to respond or react to him. They don't, they don't know what to do. They're, they're, they get freaked out in the same way that people re react to Donald Trump as the, because Donald Trump represents the strong father they never had. They rebel. They just want to fight. They want to pull out their hair. They can't stand it that this man is so strong and we can't use shaming tactics uh, to, to, to pull him down and to bend him to our feminist will. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it's a really natural thing, I think, when you're younger to be like, screw you, dad, I don't like your rules. You know, I mean, that's, that's, men have been doing that since the beginning of time. That's what you, you know, do. Uh, but because uh, you're trying to make yourself independent. And I, I did that too. I mean, I was you know, a totally different person 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, I like, but uh, I had a pretty strong father figure as well. And what, what I actually got from him uh, was he was, he was actually handicapped. My dad actually had polio. So he also has no sympathy for the virus thing, <laughs> you, <Yeah>. know, but, <laughs> uh, you know, he had polio when he was a kid, but he was always of the mindset of, of that older school mindset of like, well, okay, so I have that. Well, you know, I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I just want to be better. You know, right. like I just want to be treated as a normal and I'm just going to do what I'm going to do in life and be successful anyway. Right. And so he there's, was very much no value to being a victim. Yeah. Exactly. Like everybody wants to be a victim now. And my dad was like, uh, my favorite thing is he, whenever somebody asks him out about his limp, he's like, oh yeah, I was in a car accident. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't, he doesn't go into the story and make people feel <laughs> sorry for him. He, and, uh, you know, it, so I, I was lucky in that way too. I had a little bit of that. Uh, yeah. But the, yeah. Now you have so many people that are, you know, telling men that it's okay to, to be sad. And that, that's the easy path, right? right. It's, it's the easy path to, to just like, Hey, you don't have to be anything. You can mm -hmm. just be how you are right now, and that's perfect. Yeah, and uh, that's the message that they're getting. And it's a, it's kind of a mom message, right? Yes. You know, it's and that's good when you're five. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, like you want to feel safe and comforted and whatever. It's a mom message, but you need mm -hmm. that order, that structure figure that uh, is going to say, no, actually, what you're doing is not good enough. Like you could do better. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's it's funny that you say that. Yeah, go ahead. About uh, moms, because I was just oh. rereading uh, Stephen Arneo. May he rest in peace. His book, uh, Hard Times Create Strong Men. He has a great quote in there where he says, when things are good, everybody wants mom in charge. But when shit hits the fan, everybody looks to dad to fix it. And right now, this is where, where we're at in history, where things have been so good 
that mommy rules. Everybody yeah. wants the, the, it's the mommy culture, the cuddle culture, the you're good enough culture, which is completely soft, <laughs> degenerate, mm-hmm. and does, is not life affirming, does not, is not life uh, affirming for men. And so we're going to hit these hard times. And that's why we see strong men making a comeback. Because there's this sense, and we don't even have to sense it. It's just a part of the cycles of life that these hard, these times that are evolving or, or devolving into pure debauchery are going, what we're going to see is the rise of the strong man once again, who's going to fix it because it's all fucked up now. <laughs> man, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's definitely something that really interests me right now is the difference between you know, order and disorder. And yeah. because order and chaos and what we're seeing is a lot of chaos because it's complete per- permissiveness. Right. And really like, Oh, you can just burn things down and break windows and do whatever you want. You right. know, it's, it's well, fine. Yeah. Like you're, you're showing us your feelings. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's, that's not how society works. I mean, that's right. not a productive long-term strategy for anything. And uh, you need some kind of order in, in life. And I think that that's one of the spiritual things that, men are really oriented around is creating order in right. the world. And that's their job. That's the father's job. That's the patriarch's job is to create order around him. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can't just, you know, the other, the other option is the womb, right? I mean, you know, it's go back to the womb and everything's comfortable, you know, take some heroin, you know, <laughs> like you're, right. everything's, a, everything's a beautiful dream and it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, but, uh, and that's why, you know, you bristle against strong father figures uh, because they're, they are aggressive. And they're asserting that they're asserting rules and they're making lines and they're saying, this is not this, this is not that, this is, this is good, this is evil, this is permissible, this is not. Right. And uh, people don't like to be, I mean, my, you know, like I walk my dogs and they, 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 they would like to just roll whatever they want. But, you know, hey, it makes me look like a retard. And then, uh, <laughs> and, uh, which I don't mind most of the time, but, the, but there's certain times you have to teach them to do some things so that, because that, uh, they'll run out on the street and get hit by a car. Right. You know, you know, like they'll just do whatever. And you can't, you can't really do that. And I think that when you, uh, if you look at the history of feminism, um, it's a lot of the big literature comes out of the 1960s in the 1960s and the 1970s. And a lot of it is, you know, it, you can go back and look at it now and it's, it's pretty obviously daddy issues. Right. You know, you have this whole generation where their, their parents fought in World War II and went through a Great Depression. Right. You know, they, they were hard men and maybe they were a little closed off because they've seen some shit. Right. <laughs> you know? but maybe they're a little closed off. But uh, then there's this whole therapeutic movement that came out of, uh, you know, the 1960s and 1970s with baby boomers mm-hmm. where they were saying, you know, like, you know, my you know, men, my father never felt emotion. He has this John Wayne attitude and, you know, like mm-hmm. he needs to be more sensitive and more in touch with himself. And and uh, they started pushing men this whole generation. And what we're seeing, I think, in many cases is the end of that because baby boomers are now like retiring and they've created this world that we're living in now with their daddy issues you know certainly you know it's like one of the i actually brought it to the last uh, 21 convention there's a book called uh, i think the 49 percent majority and it's one of the first books like this and it's all these essayists from like 1971 or something like that 1969 and they're writing about stories about uh, how you know like it's all against John Wayne. You know, right. like they're all mad about John Wayne. 
basically. Right. And then you'll see that that repeated even in you know 2020 when no one even knows who John Wayne is. You know, like that he hasn't affected our lives. You know, but uh, mm -hmm. they're just repeating these tropes. And so a lot of this is so uh, yeah, it's, it's just a repetition of things. So uh, I guess one of the things. Uh, that I get questions a lot about and you get questions a lot about, I think, is obviously we're in some uh, interesting times right now. Um, and you run a camp about being grounded. You know, how, how are it's it's really hard for men to keep it together right now. I mean, and it's their job to keep it together because that's what men do. Right. We it's if if dad's freaking out, then everybody freaks out. Right. So, uh, you know, it's really important for men to not let their emotions get away from them and, and uh, stay the course, you know, and not, and not be just pulled into whatever craziness that's on the news. And I love that you talk about uh, the news being a problem, you know, like uh, people watch the news every day and it just gets them riled up and they get, they want to go in this direction and that direction and they just lose right. their ears. But that's so with I, everything. Yeah. Oh, totally. you know, it's, it's sensationalism. We've become addicted to feelings. So if it's not pornography, if it's not smoking weed, if it's not video games. If it's not the new movie where shit is blowing up, it's the news. The whole thing is that we have become overly, uh, very addicted. I guess that's really the right term. It's an addiction to these dopamine feeling hits mm -hmm. that come from the myriad of entertainments that we have at our disposal. I like the way you put it when you said we live in a, a bonobo masturbation <laughs> culture. Yeah, that's yeah. really what it is. That's what it is. It is. It is. And I mean, and this, uh, what's happened with the, you know, like the virus, or whatever. Like uh, it's been, it, it's what I said in that in that chapter, basically, like be alone together, sit in your home and jerk off and watch movies, watch Netflix all day. And you never have to go out. Don't go out and talk to anybody. Don't go out and do anything. Right. Sit in your home and consume. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's, yeah, and consume like whatever, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they run out of Netflix shows because they aren't producing them. So I don't know what's going to happen when that happens. I think that would be a great thing. It'll be, yeah. Netflix will just blow up. Sometimes I wish the, the internet will blow up. In fact, I'm a little bit of a weirdo, but like I'm kind of excited about the way things are crumbling. Like I want to be, I want to fix stuff. You know, that's that's just my nature. I I like chaos because I like grabbing it by the horns and 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 making it right again. So as these things start falling apart, like I'm almost sitting here like. This is just the moment I've been waiting for. <laughs> I know a lot of guys like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, and that's the thing too. It's like men are against chaos, but they, they, it defines them as well. You know, like men want to create order, but we don't get to do our job of creating order unless there is chaos. Right, and it's a little yeah, boring. Yeah, exactly. So, I, yeah, I know I, I, have a, I have a best friend who, <laughs> if there's a snowstorm and everything's screwed up and no one can drive on the roads, he's like, woo, this is perfect. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, that's uh, what, uh, yeah, that's what men do is they, they create order from chaos. But yeah, it, it does define us. Uh, you know, one of the things I'm writing about right now is that, uh, you know, if you think about the great heroes, they're all defined by their monsters. Mm -hmm. Like they're defined by, like you, you think Theseus. Oh, well, Minotaur. You know, you mm -hmm. think like what monster did he kill? What did he do? Right. You know, and, and so we're defined by our monsters in, in some way. So this time that's happening right now is our monster, depending on, you know, how it evolves and, and whatever.
you know, mm-hmm. it's definitely as the opposed to fighting game. fake monsters, right? Uh, right, video with games. the video games. Yeah, yeah, so it's all make believe stuff, and it be it's interesting because given the affluence and the time that we have in our hands, mm-hmm. you would imagine, and maybe uh, our ancestors perhaps use this, you know, affluence a little bit differently, but this is a time where we can actually go in and battle inner demons. Like you, ha- you don't have the wolf literally at the door. You have everything that you need. So why not take, a t- take the moment to turn in and look at the inner dragons and evolve that way? But um, I, guess that's, I guess that's difficult when you've got, you know, instant porn and video games at your fingertips. So you could just numb yourself with fake dragons rather than going and dealing with those inner dragons until the inner dragon, as you, as you may know, gets so ferocious that you can't ignore him anymore. And then, right. you know, you have a crisis, but that's usually, again, that's a good thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, most, and the thing is, for all the complaints about uh, society as it was, say, in 2019, um, there obviously there were a lot of very successful guys. I mean, obviously you, you made your, your success during that period, you know, like all before that in the world as it was, uh, while people were sitting around playing video games and jerking off Mm -hmm. and doing it. I mean, the people who want to do it will do it, Mm -hmm. you know, and then there are a lot of people that are just, you know, like kind of there to feed the machine. And, uh, you know, it's better that we have, if we get more people who aren't there to feed the machine, that's good. But there are a lot, you know, people have always been that way to a certain extent. You know, there's a, the mass of always been kind of, eh, you know, they'll do whatever. And we've become more and more useless. You know, those, yeah. they, I was listening to an audio program by uh, Mike Adams, the health ranger, and he's talking about mm-hmm. this global reset that's imminent. And he explains, you know, why it's happening and what's going on. And uh, in the program, he talks about how the, how you would say the, the, the lords of this world, maybe. Uh, recognize that 90% of the people, especially in these, the most recent generations, cannot do anything. They can't do anything except swipe right and charge their phone. They have mm-hmm. absolutely zero skills whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So in a way, they are basically useless people. What's the point? Just get rid of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and we'll see. I mean, who knows? I mean, there's so many different ways you could go with the... Um, you know, the things that are going on right now. But that's actually one of the things I wanted to bring up because I, I was su- really excited. You put out a video called The American Mind Virus. And I just reposted it on YouTube and whatever. And uh, it, it, was, it was good because you were saying pretty much what I was saying at the same time, you know, and, and people maybe wouldn't expect that or whatever. But I have guys in my inbox every day. I had one last night, you know, like in, in my DMs being like, how with all the, you know, the riots and the BLM and da, 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 you know, like, how, how do I keep it together? And this guy was a veteran, you know, like he's seen combat and he's like, how do I not let this go get out of control? And, uh, because I think that, uh, you know, you talked about it in your video and, you know, it being not a black or white thing, it's a good and evil thing. Right. And it really is. I think it's order versus chaos. We see chaos happening everywhere and it's not okay. And a lot of men want to go and do something about it, but it's really easy for them to be pushed in the wrong direction. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I keep saying to everybody, like, you know, race war is a pleb war. 
Like that's, that's mm-hmm. what they want. Cause right. that's easy and it'll be short and stupid and it'll draw in everybody who's capable and thumatic and wants to be angry and right some wrong. And then those people all kill each other or go to jail or whatever. And then, then you just have the genderless worm people that you know, like, <laughs> who can't do anything, you know, mm-hmm. right. uh, you know, it's like, let's pull everyone into this giant conflict. And, and uh, it just seems like such a, uh, such a piece of theater. Yeah. And uh, it's like, it's, it's a bad direction, I think, for everyone to go. So I was really excited to see, you know, you putting out that same message, uh, you know, that it's, uh, it's not about that. You know, like, I think that there are men who love freedom all around the country and mm-hmm. they want freedom and order. Right. And, and that's, if you're going to have a war, <laughs> let's have a war for that. Right. <laughs> let's have a war for freedom and order not not like these people against these people because that's that's all like you said a divide and conquer thing that mm-hmm. they're doing you know because they like it's, you know, men all around the country who care about freedom and order right i think those are manly thing. men those are usually men that have had had fathers you know they pointed they pin it like black and white you know they use all kinds of contrast to pin us against each other but chaos versus order uh in a lot of ways is Fatherless homes versus fathers in the home, uh, single mothers versus two parent homes, and so a lot of those, a lot of these angry kids that are out there and adults that are out there causing the chaos, mm-hmm. they do not understand, cannot appreciate, have never experienced any type of real masculine order in their lives. All they know is chaos. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and now they're just being free reigns. Like, you know, like let my dogs out and let them do whatever they want. You know, like, well, they're right. just going to make a mess. I saw uh, it's like a guy who owns a strip club in Portland and sent me a video of people setting off fireworks and doing like, you know, uh, I, I don't know what they're called, like burnouts or you know, like whatever in the in the right. in the in the middle of the street because there's it's, streets are blocked off. No one cares. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, he said they were doing that for like all night. You know, basically, like it's just it's like a it's like a crazy dystopian movie. You know, right. I, it's it's a uh, it's sad because uh, you know, I, I always feel bad for businesses like small business owners, right? You know, in these communities, like because you know, you're a business owner. You know, I have my own business, and and uh, you put your whole life into that. You work really hard to make something, mm-hmm. and then to watch it just be destroyed by this rolling chaos that no one cares about. You know, like right. no one will stop. Uh, must be really, really just crushing, you know, for those yeah. people, you know, it's, it's really sad. But um, so, I mean, how are you helping? I mean, are you getting the same, you know, feedback from dudes? Like how, how do I, I want to go join the fight or I want to go create something, you know, get involved in some stupid shit. Um, I mean, are, are you, what are you telling those guys? Where are you getting them? Well, I think we have in our constitution, Mm-hmm. Uh, a really good, a, a really good uh, 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 institution for this. It's called the Second Amendment, and the Second Amendment isn't just about being able to bear arms. It's about being able to organize militias, mm-hmm. and there, and you know, they will make it seem in the media today that that's, there's something right wing or there's something uh, racist or, or or white supremacist about that because it's right. from the constitution. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that, uh, that the founding fathers understood that at some point, good people will need to get together to protect freedom and order, like you were saying. And so I've 
discovered and have been uh, urging the men in my programs to check out your state's uh, law rules are on it and if there is any uh, organized state militia. And it so mm-hmm. happens that Florida has an organized state militia. They do lots of training uh, and they, uh, they are, they're ready, willing, and able to step up to the plate when things go awry. So that's just one example, which I think is probably one of the better things to get involved with because it's written right there in the Constitution and the founders of our country knew that we were going to face times like this. And so they put that in there so that we could defend ourselves, we could defend freedom, we could defend the Constitution. And so that out of the chaos, perhaps some order will be reestablished. Man, I, I hope that's I hope that's the way to go because I, I don't think I don't think the people playing in the streets realize that what happens if you flip that switch. And you have twenty years of war veterans that <laughs> have, have already been places killing people, right? Uh, like, like that. There's a lot of experience and a lot of weapons out there, and right. uh, you know I think that you know what's it's. I'm actually amazed that things haven't uh, touched off more than they did. Uh, yeah. I, when, well, when things first started happening, I was like, I actually put a video out, which I pulled down later because I'm like, now I'm mad. But at first <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you know, when for Corona first came out, I was like, hold on, <laughs> don't, don't go crazy. Because I know so many guys who were like, it's time, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yep. and I'm like hold on, <laughs> like, let's see what's happening now. Right. And then, you know, a few months went by and I'm like, okay, now I'm mad. You know, like, like uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I had to look at, I mean, I can't really join a militia because, uh, that becomes a news item. It looks like, yeah, I look like the bad guy that joins the militia. Uh, but those are the good guys. And those are the militias are where the ex-military law enforcement, oh, totally. right now it's happening and law enforcement is backing the side of the militias. Oh yeah. And I'm talking about like constitutional militias. I'm not talking about, you know, private right. organized guys who are yeah, just yeah. looking for trouble. Mm-hmm. These are organized, not even organized, you know, they're not organizations at all. They're basically just Americans who love America, who are protecting uh, the constitution, protecting their rights and following the law as it was written. Right. So um, the, I, to me, it seems like that's the only right way. And if someone has something negative to say about it, that means they, they they haven't paid attention. They're not actually, uh, they're, they're un-American. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it, I mean, yeah, everything that's happening is un-American, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and that's that's where they're at. I mean, uh, but uh, like, I just have found in the past when I join a group, then it becomes a thing. But uh, so, uh, but what I did do, it, just because I'm like, well, let's do whatever I can that's legal before whatever happens is going to happen right and and i didn't make a big deal about it because i wasn't sure how it'd be taken or whatever but i've I've volunteered three or four times to be i've been sitting out at the recall the governor booth taking signatures <laughs> with all the little old ladies and whatever like right. doing i'm like this is what we have right now right you know, like let's do something that's positive you know because i didn't know what to do so i'm like i'm going to do something that's positive and and see if maybe we can get this evil woman <laughs> governess uh thrown yeah. out and, and at least kind of send a message, right? You know, and that's the starting thing. I, I mean, if you look at actually the American Revolution, I'm actually reading uh, uh, George Washington's bi- biography right now, uh, the one by nice. Chernoff. And yeah. A, if, if you read that and you don't feel like you've been lazy, <laughs> then, then you're pretty awesome because that dude does a lot. Yeah. Uh, he got a lot done. 
And, yeah. uh, but if you look at the way that those guys handled that, I mean, they, they had, you know, several years of like sending petitions and protesting and be like, until there was finally like, okay, well, there's nothing else that can be done. Right. You know, yeah, they were all rich landowners that are like, they were being screwed, you know? And, and I, and I think that that's probably what has to happen if anything real is going to happen that, you know, you actually have to get some people with some money and some interest that are being screwed involved. <laughs> Because that's, right. that's yep. generally how it works. You yeah. can't just Where are the lawyers? Guys who are mad, you know? Yeah. That's the first thing I asked when all the uh, the mask mandates started happening. I'm like, yeah. where are the lawyers? Because really, you're right. That's where the battle begins. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You need you need people who are invested on that level, and some just kind of interested to see, like, because there's a lot of there's a lot of manly dudes out there, and they're they're online. They have big names and whatever, and they have that kind of background, and they have you know they have all this going. I'm like, uh, just interesting to watch as how many of them jump forward and be like, okay, that's my line. Like that. No, we're not doing this. Right. You know, right. so it, it, it'll be interesting to see how it, it, how it unfolds. I think, like I said, we're in interesting times for sure. Mm-hmm. But so what are some of the things that um, you're most excited about now, aside from chaos and uh, taking a bull <laughs> by the horns? <laughs> Well, I think that's it. I think that's, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's what I'm most excited about right now. <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> yeah. I, nice. I feel like I've been waiting for this my entire life. Like I'm watching as things devolve. And, you know, this is my, mm-hmm. the first time I've experienced to this particular degree. I think every election cycle, there's probably some form of chaos and, you know, in some way, shape or form, but it seems like it's reaching a climax and I don't want to be a a pretend like I'm a prophet or anything like that or, uh, or, or, or honor prophecy too much, but it's been written that we're going to reach this moment of, uh, of tribulation and chaos and challenge and i'm ready for it i i i i want to be physically ready for it you know training my body training with firearms prepping in my home preparing my family but then also sharing that message with other men because even if shit doesn't hit the fan and that you know and there are literal you know which there already are but like uh burning in the streets mm-hmm. like all of america doesn't collapse we are still at a point where what will be required for any of this to, 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 to take a good, to take a right turn, to take the right turn is for men to come back to what make men manly mm-hmm. and to do strong man things like being able to provide, right? Without having to rely on the food trucks, without having to rely on microwaves, protect without having to rely on the police because now they want to mm-hmm. defund the police. Right. And and prepare for the inevitable. I think that's what men did in order to predict, to create civilization anyway, was to was to fight against or to or to put boundaries up against the chaos of darkness. And things have just been way too easy. Like I kind of I kind of am resentful. About how easy things have been. Mm-hmm. I'm I kind of look for trouble. I, I, and if I don't have enough trouble in my life, I'll go and get into trouble. But I now that it's like, <laughs> is climaxing, and I'm like, I'm like a kid. I'm like, yes, 
Right. <laughs> it's the perfect time in my life. You know, I, I, I have a home. I yeah. have my family. I've got enough resources. Uh, I'm ready. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, It'll it'll be it'll, it'll be challenging. I mean, I think that, you know. I, I mean, yeah. In many ways, like the whole defund the police thing, I I kind of want them to do it. You know, like uh, like okay, this is a teachable moment. Like uh, I want them to do it, and then for everyone to see with their own eyes what happens. Right. You know, because and not just like a bunch of kids in universities saying, you know, what would be cool if we had like community policing that just like shamed people for doing wrong things. No. That's not how, that's not what works. Uh, and I, my best essay I ever read, uh, ever wrote, uh, most shared thing I ever did was, is called Violence is Golden. And uh, that was really, people always think that it's like me wishing that, you know, I wanted to live in a third world country and have, be surrounded by violence. And no, it's just me understanding how the world works. Me like right. figuring out as an adult, like if you take away the people with, uh, who will stop you, someone else from doing something, everybody can do whatever they want. And uh, most people will take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. You know, like most people will. Most people are pretty good, you know, by you know, nature. They'll, they'll behave themselves within a certain parameter. But, you know, we all break the law a little. We all speed a little bit in the car. We all do this, you know, push the boundaries a little bit. And if there are no boundaries and there's no thing that you're going to get caught for, yeah, that's complete chaos. That People will do whatever they want. I mean, uh, the only reason someone doesn't break into my house at night is because they think they're going to get caught. You know, right. not, you know, not, they're not even worried about me, you know, like if, because they don't know me, but some stranger kind of trying to break into a house, they, they, the thing that's stopping them is that, you know, eventually some men with guns are going to come and put them in handcuffs and put them in a concrete, you know, like playpen for forever. And, uh, and so they don't do it. Yeah, unless they have no ability to plan whatsoever, <laughs> you know. Right. But uh, you know, but if you take that that threat away of those guys with guns coming to forcibly take you away because that's violence, then you you have a problem. So I, it, you know, and you just have mass chaos. So I mean, I'm glad I don't live in a big city, right? <laughs> you know, that I was really glad I didn't live in a big city. Like as this has unfolded, uh, mm -hmm. I'll, probably, I'll probably move here soon. I think to. Uh, slightly bigger area because uh, i'm bored but uh <laughs> you know there's not enough people here it's not enough cool dudes doing cool things yeah but uh but yeah i think that uh, i was glad i didn't live in a city but i i do see that uh in the cities things are going to get really bad mm -hmm. really fast you know because people just don't realize how protected they are and have always right. been their lives and so it, it'll i i yeah i want them to defund the police do it yeah do it. Let, let everybody know. Let everybody see. And that might be the kind of like turning point, you know, like you, you were talking about. If if things get bad enough that people understand why rules are there. Right. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I sure wish. And 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 as you said, for men as well, uh, you know, as this started and everything's been unfolding, you know, I've talked to a lot of guys who, uh, you know, think that this might be a really good teachable moment for men. Like, hey, and women, you know, like women, like, right. oh, I might want a man around. Right. This yeah. is how the patriarchy makes its comeback. Right. Like I said earlier, yeah. when shit hits the fan, everybody wants daddy to fix it. Daddy is bored right now. It's mommy ruled world. And yeah. It's turned into complete chaos. So a number of things that's going to uh, 
be a byproduct of this is men will be forced to be strong again. They'll have no choice and women and children will not because they're coerced, but because it is just prudent to begin respecting men again. Yeah, I mean, if you evolutionary history, it's a, there's this narrative that men have always oppressed women, and that's why you know right. we've just been keeping them down for all of history, forever. Uh, you know, like it's, it's some conspiracy that men have been doing, but right. reality, it's a, it's a prudent d- division of labor, right? It's you a know, natural like, order. Have, have men do what they're best at doing. They need to go out and risk their lives and kill things and hunt things and whatever. Right. And you have women raising kids and, and, and right. building relationships. Because it's not like women's only purpose is to, to raise kids. They also, you know, I, I always say, if you don't have a woman in your household, you don't send Christmas cards. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like, well, I like how you say that women represent the future. Yeah. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, they represent the future and they, and they build all the relationships and they, they uh, you know, make sure everybody stays connected and, and do all these things. I mean, it's women who scrapbook and, and you know, like there's mm-hmm. all these things that women do that are really good for a community and that need to be done that men usually don't care about. You right. know, like that's not what I do. Right. But, uh, you know, I think that, the, you know, yeah, hopefully if people are forced to realize that there's, uh, there is a good division of labor there. Right. Uh, you know, and that that it's not about oppressing women, you know, like, no. not men's purpose is to oppress women. You know, no, it, that's it, a it, Marxist it, idea that totally. that infiltrated our culture through the universities and the media to destroy our culture. It yeah. is against one another. We see it with BLM, but BLM is run by lesbians, by feminists. So it's just a different manifestation of the same, uh, the same dilemma that we found in the garden with Adam and Eve and the serpent sneaking up besides his wife's ear and telling her, you don't need to listen to your husband and his father. You can do whatever you want. Kill the baby in the womb. Be your own woman. You don't need him. And so it happened in the beginning and we're watching the the blood in the streets right now, BLM, as as a manifestation of the same thing. Totally. And I, I, it's so hard to get people to understand that because there's so many, I mean, honestly, there's so many uh, like white people who want it. They want to do the right thing. They want to be fair and be, be nice. And so they're supporting this thing and not seeing what it is. Right. You know, like they're saying, and like it, that's not nice. That's not like decent law abiding, cool black people, you know, <laughs> like right. who are about freedom and order. <laughs> it's not the, that's, that's not what's happening out there. It's like right. you said, it's Marxist lesbians and like uh, people riling up. I always, I mean, I think it's really, uh, they're the mirror of white nationalists, you know, in many ways, you know, like, and those right. people are fucked up. Right. <laughs> white nationalists are super fucked up. Uh, I know what too well, cause I hung out with them for a while. And, uh, and then, you know, it's, it's the other mirror of that. Right. And they're both dysfunctional. Right? A lot of political activists, I think generally are just really dysfunctional. <laughs> the difference is that everybody has adopted BLM as their, as their stepchild as something wonderful. And yeah. I think it's because Satan is so sneaky that he has, this, I mean, they did such a good job. Take yeah. the phrase "Black Lives Matter," right, and use that to to support this evil Marxist organization. So yeah. when you say "Black Lives Matter," you can't argue with that, right? Otherwise, yeah. you're a racist. You can't say "Black Lives Don't Matter." The right. opposite is not that Black Lives Don't Matter. I like to tell people that I just don't support Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is an organization. Black lives do matter, but Black Lives Matter is evil. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. And uh, it's, 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 it's really unfortunate that good people who want to do the right thing can't see that, <laughs> right. uh, you know, it could, because that's what gives us so much power. You know, it's like if, you know, it, it, you know, like Oprah is not just, you know, how about you build a hospital in a black neighborhood? <laughs> like right. that, dude, do something like decent and good instead of right. just funding this political organization of, you know, comments. You know, right. like uh, that's uh, there's so much that could be done with all this money that's being thrown at this evil thing. Right. You know, so many that could actually help black people live better lives. Right. And that, the other thing, I mean, that's that's what bugged me about it is, is that, man, all these, you know, like burning down all these neighborhoods and, and uh, small businesses and stuff. Uh, right. you know, if you want to. If you want to rise out of poverty, you need a middle class to go to. And everything that's happening right now is kind of destroying the middle class. Right. You know, it's like the middle class is where people who have pulled their shit together and, and, and made something of themselves. It's not all just people who just magically have it. You know, like right. I was driving a delivery truck like in 2007, you know, like I didn't have, I didn't have money, you know, like you just, uh, you know, work at something and find out what you're good at and get better at it and, and, you know, work hard. And uh, that's even a value that they're, I, I've seen them like, take down well, it's the welfare state you don't oh. need to do anything you don't need to learn how to do anything yeah. and you're entitled to handouts yeah it's well an allowance is what it is really i mean that that's and that's how you know that you're still being treated like a child right you know like that's daddy giving you an allowance or mommy is giving right. you an allowance every week and then you can go and play and do whatever you want and you don't have to like grow up right and actually take responsibility for what you're doing you know yep. and, that's that's really unfortunate. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, we've all had it a little easy compared to you know people who had to you know dig in the ground for food. <laughs> you know, like but right. uh, you know we well, even uh, have to look too far. I mean, we look at like uh, Venezuela and Argentina. Yeah. These are these are countries that lived in the type of affluence that Americans take for granted. That oh, with the flip of a switch, yeah, they're digging. They're not digging in ground. They're digging in dumpsters. Yeah. You know, they're wearing normal clothing like you and me, digging through dumpsters. And if we want a, a good look at what we're, what's in store for us, if we keep going down this route, well, then we have it. A really good contemporary example in Venezuela. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's being played out. I mean, I, I, I went to Portland for the first time in a few months uh, recently. And I just went to have some cigars with some buddies who I've been friends with for years. And uh, I didn't even go downtown. You know, uh, and Portland used to be a really beautiful city. I moved there from LA and I love, I loved it. I'm like, this is clean and nice. And like, it's pretty working class. And like, there are some hipsters, but they're probably only a thousand of them. It was before Portlandia and everything. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a nice place. It, yeah. it was a beautiful city and, uh, it is a garbage dump now. Yeah. It is a complete garbage dump. I mean, driving down streets, I'm seeing nothing but tents and tents and tents and tents and like converted buses and, and people living out of their cars and all this kind of stuff. And I, and, uh, you know, like all the stores are like boarded up with uh, OSB and then they have this graffiti all over them. And I'm like, this was a, like one of the easiest, nicest places to live like eight years ago. Wow. It happened so quickly. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, all that happened in the past like a year. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, uh, Portland was becoming so affluent that like, uh, and th their streets weren't built for it. It was one of those smaller kind of cities that all the stores, they started, I, I, I know cause I used to drive a truck and you couldn't drive a truck through these places to deliver the, the fancy food that all the hipsters wanted to eat. 
<laughs> you know, like you still drive yeah. truck drivers <laughs> still have to get through there, <laughs> you know? And so uh, there just wasn't room for all this growth that they were having. And now it's just a dump. And uh, I don't know if anyone would ever want to put money back in that city for a really long time. Yeah. And well, I, I think it, we're seeing that happen in New York City now. Yeah. You know, since COVID, LA, of course, has been a shithole for a while. A lot of the cities, that's, uh, people are, are fleeing. People are leaving the city when, if they can because the cities are going to shit and they're all Democrat-run cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 like, I really like the way you pulled uh, Adam and Eve into it. Uh, that, that was a good, it's always good to use myth. I mean, that's what myth is for. Mm-hmm. Right? Myth, myth and, and uh, religion and all that. Stuff. I mean, that's what it's for, is to tell a story that makes sense in a way that is universal. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because we're watching it happen now. It was <laughs> happening then, you know, like, and, and all, all myths in all cultures are really like that. You know, you look back at, and they're like, you know, if, you, if you've lived some life, you're like, you and I are a similar age. You know, if you've lived some life, you're like, yeah, yeah I've seen that one happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, if you're a kid, they all seem crazy. But like, if you look at the underlying message to so many things, uh, myth is important just because it, it tells a story in a way that is relatable to everybody, but you're going to watch it play out again and again and again. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the other, uh, you know, myths and stories? Cause you incorporate a lot of stuff into your grounding camps and, and, and so forth. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I remember when I first kind of became aware that you were speaking at 21 and I was like, I was checking out, I mean, I knew about you years ago, but like I, I was checking out your feed and whatever. And, uh, and, and I had just been out to, um, um, antelope because that show had been on about uh, Osho and I, and you were quoting Osho and I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's crazy. Osho cool. fan. I mean, that was a good show. Uh, you know, like they, they did some cool stuff and they're not wrong about everything. Uh, but uh, cause I live in the town actually, cause actually right now I live in the Dalles, the town where they, where the, the poisoning happened. Wow. That's where you live. Yeah. That's where I live Amazing. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, it was only like a two hour drive. I drove down to Antelope to see where they had their, saw some of the old, uh, you know, like uh, buildings that they had that are still down there. Wow. And I just wanted to check it out because obviously some history happened that I had no idea about before that show. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was interested because obviously that's some very Eastern stuff. Yeah. Uh, so what are some of your favorite things that you pull in to help uh, you know, convey your message to men? Well, I, you know, any message that I share with men come from my own internal search, my own seeking. And so for me, being of mixed race, growing up in Long Island, New York, one of the questions that adults and even my peers would ask me is, Elliot, what are you, right? And so that's kind of a, it's kind of a, a very obvious question when they were asking me, but it's also a very existential question. And one that I wrestled with from the time I was a kid, like, what am I? And so I just happened to maybe be around 12, 13 years old. And I was in the, uh, I was in the library and uh, I came across the philosophy section and I found a book that said, uh, what are you? <laughs> like, what are you really? Uh, I think was the name of the book uh, by, a, uh, an astro- uh, by a quantum physicist and also a Buddhist by the name, I think it was uh, Apollo May, I think was his name. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, my mind was blown when I started reading about religion and science as a means for self-exploration. Mm-hmm. 
And so that led me down, you know, all kinds of rabbit holes my entire life. My, I didn't grow up with the internet, but when I was in, um, in college, maybe like my first, uh, maybe like 1998 or something like that. <laughs> and uh, my brother and I, uh, we would get on dial up and we would use Napster which was a file sharing that was way before YouTube, way before iTunes and all that shit. And, uh, and we, we came across the work of Alan Watts. And we'd be sitting there, I must have been like 19, 20 years old, and me and my brother would just sit there for hours on end listening to this witty English dude talk about the religions of the East, Buddhism and Hinduism and Taoism and... Um, and, and the the living philosophy that came out of it came out of them and it just resonated with me so deeply i grew up catholic and um also living in the west where christianity has been all but destroyed through feminism um christianity didn't i didn't feel like it offered me much right it doesn't offer men much at all because it has been subverted by the same communists that are destroying our schools and our media and hollywood so the church has fallen into apostasy as a result. And I could see that now as an adult when I look back. But uh, I was seeking. I wanted something. I wanted to know who I am. Why am I here? What is God? And what is this all about? And so um, that thirst, which has never been quenched, I don't think it's ever, ever really quenched, began to receive some quenching. <laughs> at that at that age and so i've explored so many different religions and philosophies i'm grateful for the fact that the internet has exposed us uh exposed me to all these ideas but then at the same time it could also be daunting right because they're all truths right depending on who you ask and in what context and when and where and why and so uh it's chaos you know and so <laughs> In looking for order, I just found more chaos. It'd be more books, more different religions, more gurus like Osho, more philosophies to the point where I was like, I can't stand it anymore. It seemed almost like the quest for oneness, the quest for truth, the quest for order had done nothing but make my mind and heart more confused and more chaotic. <laughs> and I think that's where a lot of us are. Uh, you know, um, the, the destruction of the West, of course, has a lot to do, in my opinion, and, and you, could, you could see it, uh, with the destruction of the church and the destruction of religion. Um, but at the same time, the, the infiltration of all kinds of new age stuff, which does, among other things, creates more confusion what to believe. So, you know, we're at the point here where everything, everything is completely subjective. What do you feel? What do you want? What do you think? Which is the, is, is the complete antithesis to order. <laughs> there is absolutely no order when everybody's whatever they want to be. Yeah. You know, and everybody can think whatever they want. Your yeah. truth is one of the terms. Yeah. Your truth. Yeah. 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 Exactly. They, they're, uh, yeah. I mean, I see they're, they're like, you know, uh, plankton. They're just kind of floating around, and whatever hits them, hits them, and they, they're like they—they're just floating around the ocean. And they, there you whatever go. Whatever stylish for the day, whatever yeah. is a new trend in religion. 
Exactly. Exactly. But I mean, that's what one of my projects is uh, going back to, uh, you know, connecting a lot of dots because that is a cool thing about the internet in this age. This is our fate. Mm -hmm. This is our fate to see all these things. You know, this is our age. And so, uh, and Nietzsche said, you have to love your fate. And so uh, if you go back and connect all these things and then you start to see how, how similar most of them are. I mean, you you say like, you know, what happened to the Christian church and what happened to, to, uh, um, you know, so many religions is they get kind of like, you know, watered down and, and uh, you know, become kind of feminine and milk toast and whatever. But if you look yeah. at the oldest stories in the world, I mean, uh, you know, I, I started out with the Germanic stuff, but then then you look at the Greek stuff and you look at the Roman stuff and then and then uh, and you look at the uh, uh, Vedic stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. That's all connected super tightly the myths are basically the same and then you, and then even jumping a culture that's not indo-european you go into like sumeria and uh marduk is thor <laughs> you know like, it's basically mm-hmm. like they're marduk you know what he does he has, to, he, has to, he has to go kill a monster uh and then at like odin does in the stories you know tear it apart and build the world from its corpse and create an order from you know this chaos and uh, it's just the same story. And that's like the, one of the oldest stories in the world. It's mm-hmm. like written on tablets. And, right. uh, you know, and so the, all these stories have a lot in common. And there are a lot of the ideas that we're talking about. You know, right. like that you know, men have always been in this conflict between order and chaos. And that's what defines them. It's right. always been around. And so I think that's all there. And if you could pull it together, there's all this confusion because you have all these different, like, you know, kind of feminizing messages. And you have, uh, uh, you know, these communist messages and all these kind of things that have to do with, I always connect them to, to Nietzsche's concept of resentment. Uh, which is, you know, basically like jealousy, you know, mm. like, and that's what you see, like, give me a handout, give me a thing. I deserve this because I'm alive. You know, right. like I, you have the things you shouldn't have them. I, I need the things too. I mean, that's all resentment. I mean, and right. so much of this society is based off of resentment. And uh, so I think it's really interesting to connect the whole dots. And uh, what you said about uh, figuring out who you are, mm-hmm. uh, it's a very American question. It is very yeah. egocentric, narcissistic. <laughs> that, that too, that too, and I'm I'm totally fine with that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's a very American question because Americans are uh, they're all from different places in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, like the original, you know, like the 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 settlers that came here, the colonists and whatever. They're all from different places, in Europe. So you have Germans and you have Irish, and they were all racist against each other, and right. uh, they didn't like each other at all. And then over time, they kind of become Americans. Right. But they're not any of those things that they used to be. Right. You know, like, I mean, I can go to Germany and be like, hey, I'm mostly German, but I'm not German. You know, like, I didn't grow up in Germany. That's not my home. That's not where, that's not who I am, really. I'm an American. You know, like, I've always been an American. Right. And so uh, it's it's a very American question, like, who am I really? You know, because people Mm -hmm. are looking for this old, old answer. Right. Like, what am I really connected to? Well, you're connected to the whole world that came here. <laughs> you right. know, like that's that's what America is. America. Yes. And so, like, it's it's a a way to figure out what's what matters. And it, you know, it's it's a bit of a tangent, but the like the Indo-European myths. There's there's a bunch of cattle rustling in it. Like in all in all the old myths, there's like who stole the cattle? The hero went and bought the, got the cattle back. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's the American story because it's like a new place. You know, like there's so much uh, of, of, you know, like the, the really old world that uh, happened again in the new world. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it's, I, I think, you know, that, that answers it for a lot of it uh, to a certain degree. You know, like, yeah, uh, I appreciate that. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're American, yep. you're American. Yeah. And then that's what we're, uh, and we have our own weird constitution and, and, and uh, not just the physical one, but our own makeup, you know, like, yeah. uh, I, United I don't like being told what to do. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, right. You know, I mean, there's a, we definitely have that streak in us still, I think from uh, the revolution, uh, yep. part of our culture and part of who we are. So, yep. so anyway, uh, what, what do you have coming up? Well, we got the 21 convention. Yeah. I I think I'm just coming to watch it uh, and hang out. uh, That's cool, man. Great place to be. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're speaking at that. Any any preview about what you're going to talk about? Nope. I have no idea yet. Uh, I have some, I have actually last night in the shower, I was thinking about some ideas that came up, but um, we'll see how that unfolds. (laughs) Right, right. But I'm, I'm really excited about what, the event stands for you know about making men great again but then also the patriarch event for fathers i really think that's where we're gonna the linchpin for all this is going to be when fathers are strong again families are strong again um that is the that is the the cellular nucleus of our society if the families are weak and as a result men are weak so the families are weak um, the whole society is going to is suffering. That's why we're suffering. We're suffering because men are weak and the family's weak. Um, and then I love the idea that uh, that that making women great again is uh, is something Anthony decided to put together. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's cool, but I think women will just fall into place when men become strong again. I don't think we need to teach them anything. They know exactly what they need to do, but what's required is for men to take our place first you know they say put women in their place well i think women will just snap back into place when men are doing and being what men need to be so i'm pretty excited about that pretty cool i think those are awesome um and then i have my final grounding camp coming up after that which is uh which is i'm excited that it's done i've been doing it for four years um but i've moved on to just different different formulations of the same service and message, you know, um, COVID created quite a hit where, you know, travel has just gotten more and more challenging. I don't feel like getting on airplanes anymore. In fact, I I probably just will not, you know, I will not travel if they're going to require me to dress up in their costume, their clown suit uh, and put on uh, and, or to have vaccines or whatever they're going to force on me. I'm an American man. So, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So I'll just get in my pickup truck and wherever a gas is taken, that's where I'm going. Fuck so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I decided to make a shift in that in that regard, man. So, but like I said, you know, mainly, I got to be completely honest, I'm more selfish now than ever before. I was saying to my wife before, I just want to fucking disappear. I don't want to be on social media anymore. And of course I do, because it's what I do, it's who I am. But I can't wait for the day to just hide. I just want to go away. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's my mindset. I just want to disappear. But um but until then, mm-hmm. who knows if that'll ever happen. Until then, it's uh it's a matter of just showing up and being E. That's what I that's all I can do, man. Awesome, man. All right. Well, well thanks thanks for coming on Start the World. And uh I'll put some links to where you can find Elliot if for some reason you've been on a rock and you don't know where he is or, or how to find him. But uh yeah, no, yeah, anyway, nobody uh, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. You got it.